Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was so cool. I think you're so talented. Social media is only positive with Zigazoo, the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. In Zigazoo, all community members are verified kids like yours, and all content is fully human moderated. Try out Zigazoo this spring break. Download the Zigazoo app today. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy. Well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Are you looking to step up to a 4K smart TV? One that gives you unparalleled clarity and picture resolution? Then we've got good news for you. Because the Vizio 65-inch V-Series 4K smart TV is now just $348. With all your favorite apps built in, you can stream straight out of the box. You can even sing along to all your favorite music and radio on the iHeartRadio app. Looking for a smaller or bigger screen? Vizio offers unbeatable prices on all V-Series 4K smart TVs. Head to Walmart.com today and score the 4K TV you've been waiting for. This is the Lombardi Line with Michael Lombardi and Patrick Maher on VSIN. Okay, the KFC chicken sandwich served hot and straight from the fryer. That's why it's finger licking good. Order the KFC chicken sandwich today. It's a Lombardi line presented by KFC and also BetMGM as we welcome you back. I'm Patrick Maher, live from the VEASAN studios here at the South Point. We're inundated, completely surrounded with conference tournaments. We've got Jim Roop from Three Man Weave to give you some plays coming up in just about 11 minutes as we welcome you back. Michael, we haven't discussed Carson Wentz. And your boy, yeah. Ron, Ron Rivera. So Ron and Washington, commanders, they took a swing at Stafford last year. He said no. They took a swing at Russ this year. They said, he said no. And now they settle, I guess, if that's the way you want to put it, Carson Wentz. So let's take a look and go ahead and throw up what they had to give up. They're going to swap the second-round pick this year. Uh, they get a 2022 third-round pick this year and a 2023 uh, third-rounder next year, of course. Your initial reaction, Carson Wentz is a commander. Uh, great graphic, by the way. Great job downstairs. Uh, also, they take the contract on. So Indianapolis gets away from the $15 million. I mean, it's a reasonable contract. It's only $22 million, but they get away from having to pay the cash. Look, he, I think all trades, you have to look at them from both sides and not assume somebody's just stupid. Uh, when they traded for Carson Wentz, uh, and I was a positive uh, voice in that, in that decision because I felt like, look, if Frank Wright can change, if Frank Wright likes them and Frank Wright understands them, then they'll be able to – maximize his true ability because I remember those 12 games in 17 where he was dynamic and he was leading the Eagles and could have been easily the MVP of the league. There was no doubt. Had he stayed healthy and not gotten hurt in Los Angeles, he would have been the MVP of the league. But something's changed. And when Frank Wright gives up on the player for good reasons, I mean, for really good reasons, then, you know, now you're saying as a Washington commander that you're going to change those things that Frank Wright couldn't change. And I don't think you can. The stupidity with the football is what drives you crazy. The left-handed throws when he's under pressure, the inability to really deliver when the game matters most is frightening for a guy that was so good five years ago. And we know that things change and I accept that nothing stays the same. But for me, I wrote this yesterday on Twitter. I said, look, it, the worst place to be is when you trade for a quarterback and still need a quarterback. Mm -hmm. Like, I don't, th I don't see how you can sit there in your office in Washington and Ashburn and say, hey, we've solved our quarterbacking problems. We've got Carson Wentz. Now, look, 
just for the record, QBR ratings for both players. Wentz was ninth and, and Russell Wilson was 10th. So put that in your, in your think tank the next time you start going to QBR, you know, to look for evaluations of quarterback. Because the numbers say they're ninth and 10th, but their play on the field do not say that they're ninth and 10th. And I think the one thing that's come out of Indianapolis, Patrick, is the inability for Wentz to take hard coaching, for the inability to really eliminate the constant mistakes and handle the pressure. As I was digging through, how much of this do you think was Frank Reich? How much was Jim Ursay? Because it does, as I was digging through, it does seem like Ursay was ready to move on and Ballard kind of oh, stuck in the middle there. No, I don't think Ballard was stuck in the middle at all. I don't think anybody on. on the personnel side was stuck in the middle. I, I think there's actually a feeling in Indianapolis. Now, call me crazy, right? Call me completely crazy. But there's a feeling in Indianapolis by losing Eberflus and losing Wentz, they're going to be a better team next year. Hmm. Interesting. They think they're going to be, you know, I, I think, forget what they think, I think they'll be better on defense. I think they'll be better. They'll be, they'll, even with Gus Bradley's scheme, I think they'll be better. I think they'll be able to rush better. They'll be, they'll, they'll be affecting the quarterback more than they did. Uh, offensively, I don't know where their answer is at quarterback. Do I think it could be Jimmy Garoppolo? Yeah, I think it could be. I think they'll make, an, they'll make a run at it. Uh, they certainly have the cap room. They like Ellinger, but they know Ellinger's got limitations. But I think they also know that the longer they went with Wentz, when they knew what they knew, you know, when you know and you really know then, and you continue to go down, then the mistakes compound. You know, and they're willing to say, look, we gave up a first-round pick. We blew it. There's a reason Philly traded him. We found out. And Frank couldn't fix it. Frank really bailed on him as well. I mean, look, he cost Frank the last two games of the year. Mm-hmm. I mean, Eberflus cost him 17, week 17 or week 18, however we look at it, being able not to stop that vaunted Jacksonville offensive attack. You know, but the reality of it is, is this is ultimately what happened. He's 6'5", he's got a big arm, makes stupid mistakes, gets a little desperate. He's 29 years old. It, the reports are he kind of has a small circle. Carson Wentz keeps to himself, maybe not necessarily beloved on the team. There's just, there's so much to this. If you're a Commanders fan, how are you feeling right now? I think you feel like you still need a quarterback. I think, look, we can go back in, in a couple decisions. I think when you can always, in retrospect, right? I mean, last year's decision to sign Ryan Fitzpatrick to ignore the quarterbacks. I, I reported they really liked Justin Fields. I got that from somebody inside the building, you know, that they liked him, that they were on him. They loved Trey Lance as well. They were on two, they loved both players. They said, no, we're going to go with Ryan Fitzy. We're going to go with him. And Heineke played so well in that last playoff game. We're going to go that way. Mm-hmm. Look where it got him. Denver. Denver's sitting there at the ninth pick in the draft. Now, George Payton didn't want to stick Vic Fangio with Justin Fields or maybe Mac Jones. Pat Shermer was not doing very good with the offense. It probably would have been a mistake to pick a quarterback at nine. They would have gone nowhere with him. But they could have picked a quarterback at nine and started the process and now had all these draft picks available if the quarterback was good. But every time you delay a quarterback decision, when you know you need one and you try to put a Band-Aid on it, then it becomes a huge problem. We did the same thing in Oakland. In 2004, we're sitting there with the second pick in the draft, and Rich Gannon's at the end of his career. But the owner didn't want to make any changes to that situation. He wanted to build a team knowing he thought we could get more out of Gannon. Well, Rich was kind of done. And we passed on Rivers. We passed on Ben. And we took the safest player in that draft, Robert Galler, who ended up not being safe at all. Go ahead and throw up that graphic. I love it, Matt. Quarterbacks have started a game for Washington since 18. That, that list right there is uh, not necessarily pointing towards job security. And Well, I mean, a lot of that list is because the owner medals. You know, he was in the Haskins pick. You know, and then a lot of those, right. lot of those names up there are really a reflective of not Josh Johnson, but Alex Smith was the Kirk Cousins mishap. That was the cause of the Kirk Cousins mishap. That was because the punter, the former general manager, you know, never thought Kirk Cousins was going to make any money. I mean, you could go all the way back to the decision to draft RG3. When Mike Shanahan sat there and said, I don't want this guy. Mm-hmm. And yet the brain trust, the, the, the punter and Dan Snyder were smarter than Mike and said, no, we're going to take this guy. He's too good. 
You know, have you seen this Laker documentary? Or I want to see it. I have talking. HBO's got a great about Showtime Lakers. I have not seen it. Showtime Lakers, right? So there's the the scene, and I've only seen one episode. Millie and I watched last night. I've only seen one, but there's a scene where Doctor Bus is buying the team from Jack Kent Cook, and he wants to take Magic, and Jerry West is the coach at the time, and he wants to take Sidney Moncrief. And, you know, and, and there's no doubt they're going to take magic and they're going to get and West is going to be furious. They don't portray West very well in the first episode. However, that being said, you, you know, they, they went ahead of it. So this is a little bit that that scenario right there was very similar to what happened in Washington. Kyle Shanahan, his father, Mike, wanted nothing to do with RG3. And yet it got forced down their throat by the owner. Sometimes it works out. Sometimes it doesn't. But just say they take say they take. Cousins in the second round, and they make them their starter. How much money would they have saved? How better would the team be? How much longer would Mike Shanahan have been the coach in, in Washington? Remember, yeah. in Washington, they ended up paying RG3 a year. They, they picked up his fifth-year option, even though he wasn't going to play. That's right. And the Shanahans, I don't know if it was to, to prove a point, but they went ahead and drafted Cousins. What was it? The third round, that same draft. And Cousins, fourth round. Fourth round. Cousins still in the league. Got, gambled on him sw- himself twice there in Washington. Got the contract from Minnesota and RG3's calling games on television as a color commentator. So, um, yeah. And meanwhile, he's going to make, he's gonna make 30, and he's going to make another $35 million this year. So, it, to me, when you look at that list, you've got to go all over. You can go back to, you can go back to Heath Schuler. You can go back yeah. to, uh, you know, you can go back to Jason, Jason Campbell. I mean, since he's bought the team from Jack Kent Cook, Dan Snyder has been unable to fix that position. <laughs> it's just been part of the culture. You, hand to God, I thought Campbell was going to be a stud. <laughs> I swear. Every team took a flyer on Campbell. Didn't the Raiders even take a flyer at some point on the Raiders? No, we did in Cleveland when I was Cleveland, there. We, took, right. we signed him as a backup to Brandon Whedon, and he was actually better than Whedon. But Jason was never able to really to play with rhythm. He was never able to see it and throw it. He had to see it to throw it. That's a yep. very hard thing to do as a quarterback. And, and you've got to be really good at evaluation to, to understand that. It's what's Mason Rudolph's biggest problem. He has to see it to throw it. It's what Haskins' problem is. And, and people get confused when they watch play-action pass and a guy makes a throw or he throws a nine route. Well, when you throw a nine route, you don't have to see it. You just throw it. We know what the Colts want to do. I mean, Taylor popped, obviously, his second year. So they're going to run the football, that offensive line and the running back. Are we sure? You know, if there's a trivia question, Jimmy Garoppolo is the answer to every question. Hey, guys, this is Matt Jones, Drew Franklin from the Fade This Podcast. we got a great episode coming up. Picks in all the sports, football, basketball, we do them all. But here's a preview of this week's episode. Nothing to do with anyone personally, but Creighton is the team every year that the nerds, you know, the basketball nerds, are like, you know, who's ready to catch Creighton? You know, watch Creighton. They fight, and I'm like, I don't want to watch Creighton because I agree with Shannon the dude today. Creighton's never going to win anything. Stop talking to me about Creighton. They're not never the, not gonna, the not the Big East tournament. Well, I mean, they could maybe they win the Big East tournament, but it'll only be luck. But like, they're always like, you know, a sleeper team. That cool. Like that guy who I told you had eight title teams. One of his title teams was Creighton. Is not winning the national championship. It's yeah, just I don't not, have him doing that. That like that's why do we all have to act like Creighton is a, is a is a good team. Creighton's like the band they all say you should know if you really knew bands. <laughs> and then they're never at any of those. Yeah, exactly. And it comes time for the Grammys and they lose out to, like, you know, Lil Dirk. And you're like, see, I knew Lil Dirk was better. Why are you, t- why are you telling me? the whole time. <laughs> and this episode was brought to you in partnership with DraftKings. To hear more, listen and subscribe to Fade This on iHeartRadio or wherever you listen to podcasts. Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in. So you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Welcome to the Scene to Scene podcast. I am your host, Valerie Complex. Today, I am chatting with Ji Young Yu. Ji Young stars as co-lead in the six-part limited series, Expats. I think I learn a little bit with every character that I play. I think usually I play a character and it causes enough 
introspection that I learned something about myself. I honestly can't gush enough about Freaky Tales. I'm so excited to share it with more people. If you like what you hear, be sure to review, like, and subscribe to the Scene to Scene podcast. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Like every team, we just say Garoppolo, Carolina, Garoppolo, Pittsburgh, Garoppolo. Although Sean King, we'll get to that in a bit, says maybe Deshaun Watson there to Pittsburgh. Uh, Garoppolo is the answer for everybody at this point. Indianapolis cannot be thinking Ellinger is going to be the starter, right? Yeah, they cannot. I mean, they're they're on a journey. They're They're on a hunting expedition to get their next guy. Where it comes from, I don't know. But I don't think that I don't think they feel like they're going to put all their eggs in one basket. All right. Well done. Carson Wentz. So the best, the most telling answer is I asked you what you think about the commanders getting Carson Wentz, and you said they still need a quarterback. They still need a quarterback, <laughs> in is, my mind. That, not, that does not bode well for the commander fan base. No, I, they know it too. That's the problem. I know. I was listening to local radio there this morning. Not exactly overjoyed. We continue. College basketball picks next. to the Lombardi line on VSEN featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, get everything you need to bet the madness this year. 24/7 video streaming, daily best bet emails right to your inbox there. Our tournament betting guide including advice, data strategy for only 19 bucks. So whether you're filling out your bracket or betting against the spread, our team is here to get you ready for every game in every round of the tournament. Get analysis from Greg Hoops Peterson, Matt Humans, Jonathan Von Tobel, Tim Murray. They've got insights on every key team, conference, and player to watch from favorites to potential Cinderella's. You can sign up today. It's only 19 bucks. This is crazy. It's not going to last forever, so make sure you check it out. vcin.com slash madness. It's vcin.com slash madness. Okay, the boys over at Three Man Weave, the podcast, do a great job when... I don't know if there's anybody really better when it comes to talking college hoops. Jim Root is a writer and co-host of the podcast. You can find Jim at Second Chance Points on Twitter. Before we get to Maryland, Michigan State, first off, thank you, Jim. I want to ask you, more disappointed by Wake or Xavier yesterday? Uh, I'll go Wake. Xavier had been trending way down, uh, so I kind of almost saw that one coming, or, or you could at least project it out. Wake. And they had like a great chance to win. They they're right on that bubble. I mean, I guess they both were, but Wake was trending more up and playing better. So to see them drop a, a must-win game was more disappointing to me than than the Xavier uh, collapse we saw. What what about my gales from Iona? Were you shocked that they <laughs> lost a rider? Stunned. stunned. I, I was absolutely stunned. I mean, the, they're the most talented team in the league. They have the best coach. They were up five with two and a half minutes to play, and then they didn't score again. I, I could not believe that result. That was about as shocking as it came yesterday. They're good. They could have won games in the NCAA tournament, maybe gone to the, the second weekend. But unfortunately, we will not see them anymore. No Ricky P in the dance this year. Yeah. Yeah, that so was 25 shocking. and 17. You can't make the tourney. It's a, that's a tough one right there. Let's get to yep. a couple of plays. 6.30 your time on the East Coast, 3.30 our time here. Maryland, Michigan State, there's familiarity. There should be. They played in the regular, regular season finale, Jim, on Sunday. Michigan State, a 10-point win, 77-67. Right now, Michigan State probably, I don't know, 8-9 seed if we were to seed them right now. And this one has uh, Michigan State laying 2.5 against Maryland in the Big Ten tournament. What do you got, Jim? Uh, yeah, you mentioned the Sunday game they just played. Uh, Michigan State was laying six at home. I thought that was too low. Michigan State covered. Now they're laying two on a neutral floor. I, again, think it is too low. Maryland's got the lame duck coach situation with interim coach Danny Manning there. 
And Michigan State has had Tyson Walker really emerge as a key contributor, scorer, distributor. I think for a while his issues were turnovers, but over his last six games, he's averaging almost five assists a game and has only committed six turnovers. Like, oh, not not six per game, only committed six. He, he's really taking care of the ball. He's knocking down shots. I think that adds enough potency in the backcourt. I like laying Michigan State minus two there. Uh, I think the Spartans are a good bet. You know, you 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 also like uh, a game in Conference USA where the Western Kentucky Hilltoppers, which are second in the conference in scoring, are facing off against Louisiana Tech. And you like the under in this game, Jim. Tell us why. Yeah, th- this is uh, part of kind of like a, a broader narrative with this tournament, the USA tournament. They're playing in a football stadium down in Frisco, Texas. They've got this strange setup where they're playing two games at one time with like a divider down the middle. It's basically an AAU tournament set up. I think that makes for really weird shooting backgrounds. Uh, tough, tough, uh, tough to score there. And then obviously the postseason slows games down. I think we'll see possessions valued highly in what should be a very close game. Uh, so obviously there's a risk of overtime, but it really is about like this tournament, the, the under so far four and two in this tournament, it's not been a, you know, auto bet lock type of thing, but They've definitely trended towards the under, and I think this one, with with its total, has has some value towards the under. So you got your Missouri Tigers flying in the background there. So let's talk Mizzou. Uh, Mizzou LSU today. I'll give you the number, and I know you got a couple of other games on your board, but I want to get this set up here. Missouri LSU. LSU opened eleven. Jim, we're up to eleven and a half. Yeah, I I, I have a tough time capping Mizzou games because I'm so. Uh, pessimistic about the trajectory of the program right now that I'm like, ah, oh, they're going to get killed. They're going to get killed. But yesterday Beatle missed for the third time this year. I think that's just kind of a good matchup for them. I don't like the LSU matchup. Uh, Mizzou handling that kind of pressure and athleticism and length that LSU can throw at them scares me. There's the Xavier Pinson revenge angle, the point guard for LSU transferred from Mizzou after getting benched in the NCAA tournament last year. I think he is very anxious and motivated to end the season for the Tigers. LSU, a far superior team, a lot more to play for at this point. Uh, Definitely leaning towards LSU. It's a big number in a conference tournament, you know, laying double digits, but I would lean towards the Tigers there. Oh, the the LSU Tigers, I'll be clear. Yeah, 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 you got two Tigers in the game. One of them, you know, the the LSU, when you talk to people in the Southeast Conference, I mean, LSU and Tennessee are the teams that are most – most talented. Who do you have as the best team? And I know this is off the board a little bit, but who is your best team in the Southeast conference? I'd go Kentucky. I think the best version of Kentucky is maybe the top team in the country. We just haven't seen it in a while because of the injuries to Ty Ty Washington to severe Wheeler in the backcourt. Those guys have been banged up, should be getting healthier. They've had a little time off since the weekend to, to get right for this tournament. So I, I kind of think we see Kentucky go on the run both in this tournament and in the NCAA tournament, because I like the ball handling they have, the, the, the shot creation. Kellen Grady is a terrific wing shot maker. And then obviously the big man, Oscar in the middle, likely the national player of the year. He's, he's as consistent as it gets in the entire sport. By the way, Michael, as we're talking to Jim and Jim Root joining us, three-man weave here on the Lombardi line, of course, conference tournaments. How about Buddy Beheim out? Syracuse just hit another three. They're up seven on Duke, so I'll follow up. You like Kentucky. How about Duke? Obviously, the loss in the finale, they're at home, and they're getting beat by an undermanned Syracuse team right now. Yeah, this this Duke team, I, I kind of thought this would be the event where Duke would play really well. Like Coming off the, the home loss where they had all the pressure in the world to, to show up for Coach K's last home game, now this event is not a do or die. It's not like it's going to be Coach K's last game or anything. So I thought they'd play really well. I don't know if they just got complacent because Buddy Beheim is out and they're big favorites. We've seen uh, a young Duke team have that kind of those, those lapses in focus this year. Uh, but this is concerning to me. And then entering the NCAA tournament, I think the pressure on them with every time they take the court, like, is this coach K's last game? I think that's going to be really tough for them to deal with. Yeah, no doubt. I, and I agree with you. I think sometimes you kind of get caught up into, you know, you feel like, okay, Coach K is just going to carry us over. And, and the, the re- realization is you got to play good. You know, you just can't ca- – the emotions got to come from the players. And so how many F-bombs do you think Coach is dropping on that <laughs> sideline today right now? He makes Joe Judge huh? blush. I'm telling you, Coach yeah. K, don't, <laughs> don't sleep on his ability to drop F-bombs. And then you see, Michael, Indiana just took the lead over Michigan. Indiana is an interesting team because, Jim, they 
defend the hell out of it, but they just don't have that guy to go to late. But they, if they make a run here in the Big Ten tournament, Indiana uh, over Michigan right now, 63-62. Okay, quickly want to get another play, and let's go to the Mid-Eastern Conference, Eastern Shore, NC Central. Got NC Central lane, two, two and a half here, Jim. Yeah, if there's if there's one thing I do, it's it's dumpster dive into the extra board. So I, I, I can't resist a game like this. Uh, NC Central, this this one is a I like to call it a preseason expectations bet in the tournament where I think both teams will trend back closer to where we expected them to be in the preseason. And for NC Central, that's a top team in this league with some of the down transfer talent that they've gotten. And for uh, Eastern Shore, they were picked last in the preseason poll. They didn't even play a season last year because of COVID. They were one of the teams that opted out. So they've definitely exceeded expectations this year, but preseason, I would have made this game like close to 10, I think. Um, so that tells you the trajectory they've been on, but I, I will ride with NC central. I think they have a great coach Laval Moten. He's won this event before in the past. So uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with the Eagles land too. I think that's a, a great bet as well. Uh, off the track again, Jim, uh, A&M's up 16 on Florida. Do you, you think Mike White survives this? There's there's a chance he doesn't. Uh, the whispers I've heard with Mike White are that maybe he could take a, a parachute deal from his alma mater at Ole Miss. They might move on from Kermit Davis, and he, he uh, Mike White is a grad. He's had some more success in the SEC than Ole Miss has, that's for sure. Uh, so leaning towards him probably leaving and, and taking that job. But, yeah, if they drop this one, that would be a, a mega disappointment for a team that started the year strong and then has really faded in SEC play. You comfortable laying 16 tonight with Arizona, Stanford? I don't think so. I, it's the, these big dogs are really they, because they they're not going to quit. They're not going to go away. There's no quit factor in conference tournaments. So even if they don't hang around, which I think they could because of their size, uh, the back door is always going to be open. I think we saw it happen with San Francisco against Gonzaga. Uh, saw it a couple times yesterday with some of the the bigger dogs getting back into the games late. So I'm not. I'm a little shook on, on laying that big kind of spread in, in conference tournaments. All right, I'll make it easy. Oregon, Colorado, a pick them, Pac-12. Oregon, Colorado, okay, yeah. what do you got? No backdoor here. I like that. Um, I'll go Ducks. I, I was actually pretty impressed with how they played yesterday without Will Richardson. Jacob Young went off, like 23 points, 11 assists. Proved that they still do have creation and ball handling. Uh, they dominated Colorado at Colorado the last time they played, one by 15. So, yeah, I, I'll go with the Ducks there. Maybe Dana Altman's starting to get things going here in March. We like this Thank guy, you, Michael Jim. Lombardi. We like this guy. Like, good job, Jim. Appreciate you. <laughs> Three-man weave is the pod and also the website. Make sure you check it out. Great for college hoops. You can check out Jim Root at Second Chance Points on Twitter. Enjoy the basketball, Jim. Thanks, bro. Appreciate it. Will do. Thanks for having me, guys. Those, those dudes, along with our buddy Greg Hoops-Peterson, nobody better across the country covering college hoops when we come back here on the Lombardi. By the way, Jadavion Clowney is trending. I'm going to have to troll Michael about that. And uh -oh. Josh what, joins he us. He, nine, he had nine and a half sacks last year. Of course he's trending. You're listening to the Lombardi line on v featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Once again, here's Patrick Maher. Okay, don't make your next college basketball bet without visiting vcin.com to check out the current betting splits and all the data. This new feature gives you insights on where the money and bets are moving for every game. You'll be able to see where the public is betting based on the number of tickets and where the money doesn't match the public opinion. Data is available for Moneyline over under and against the spread bets. Betting splits are another way vcin is here to make you a smarter better year round. Check out today's betting splits for every game at vcin.com and this is why the tournaments are great hi Ann. this is why the tournaments are great i was looking over at that tv as she walked by uh michael you see butler who beat xavier butler's finished sub 500 this year providence won the league and butler's up on providence as uh, providence just hit a bucket and i look around michigan indiana's tight duke syracuse syracuse is up on duke this is why and the familiarity makes it fascinating because these teams know each other, obviously. Uh, but these tournaments are amazing. Yeah, you know, and, and I think that, you know, obviously the teams don't go away, right? I mean, we see it and, and 
I think ultimately the battle stays within. I mean, there's always going to be a comeback. I mean, A&M was up 16 uh, earlier on, on Florida. Now it's down to 12. So, you know, you know Florida's got a little bit of flight, fight left in them. Yep. And that's what makes the tournament so good is, you know, it's a little bit like you know this could be your last game and you just want to make sure you give it all you have. And that helps us as the viewer, and it really gives us a, a, a lot better product. If Indiana beats Michigan, maybe they'll go back to Martelli. <laughs> <laughs> Phil's available. Let me tell you, Phil, oh, Phil. Alexander Phil. Hayden's available. There's no doubt. He'll take over. No, I know. Uh, Josh joins us now, of course, Market Insights, betting across America. And Josh, hi. first off, hi. And secondly, uh, you're going to start with a game. Uh, both teams need a win. Oregon, Colorado. Uh, this one, interestingly enough, open Oregon two. And I, it's kind of headed Colorado's way. It really is. Uh, Patrick Michael, great to be with you. So this one goes out to our buddy Mike Pritchard, the pride of, of, of uh, uh, obviously, with uh, Colorado here as a great alum. But what jumped out to me, guys, is this line move toward Colorado. Public doesn't know what to really do in this one. They're kind of leaning Oregon. You think of the Ducks this time of year, making deep runs in the tournament. You see those cool uniforms. They're often year in and year out a public team that, you know, casual bettors want to get behind. But really, the line movement is telling you respected money is going toward the buffs here. A lot of these books, as you mentioned, Patrick, open Colorado laying two points. And even though the tickets are pretty much split down the middle or even slightly favoring Oregon, we've seen this line get all the way down to a pick. So that tells me that, you know, despite kind of undecided public betters, the bigger, sharper wages are looking toward Colorado here with this good line move in their favor, plus two down to a pick. Um, what I like about this one, this would be, I joke around, the Ken Palm sound, the alarm play. He actually has Colorado winning this game by one point. Our buddy Greg Hoops has Colorado winning this game by one point. So it's kind of uh, interesting to me that, you know, the early number was minus two Oregon, but now the line is going toward where the analytics guys had, you know, pegged this game from the start. Uh, you're also looking at, you know, a spot here, a higher ranked team in Ken Palms rating 76 versus 80 better defense 67 allowed versus 70 a rebounding advantage 60 uh, 37 a game versus 35 and also guys just recent performance and recent trends you know Oregon's one and three their last four going into this game Colorado's feeling pretty good they're four and one their last five so uh, shop around you know if you can still find a point out there I'll take the plus one Colorado if not compare the money line to the spread save us a little bit a little bit of juice I'll be sweating the buffs here for our buddy Mike Pritch yeah Michael Colorado was playing well it's coming down the stretch they won seven of eight yeah. over the last uh, the, as far as the regular season earned a four seed so they got a buy to this point Oregon last night played beat Oregon State by eight yeah, but I think, you know, you know, look, Colorado knows they can beat Oregon. I mean, they're confident. I mean, look, they beat them. They beat them in in Eugene back in January the 25th. They beat them by four points there. Now they got blown out when they played them at home. But, you know, when you beat Arizona as convincingly as they beat Arizona and knowing you can beat the other teams that you play, you know, especially that you have one that you've beaten before, I think it gives you great confidence. I think you're right. Now, Virginia Tech got a game winner. In overtime last night was so exciting watching that game, beating Clemson. Um, Virginia Tech needs to continue to win. Notre Dame probably safe right there, about 11 on most people's brackets coming out the ACC. This one open to pick them, but we got love going Virginia Tech's way here, Josh. We do here, Patrick. And what I like is this line move toward Virginia Tech. Again, opening at a pick em. Public is saying, just give me Notre Dame. Better record. And as you mentioned, Patrick, probably safe here. Just getting a tournament berth, 22-9. and nine. Virginia Tech kind of on that bubble and needs to, you know, again, get deep in this conference tournament in order to make sure that they get into the big dance. But I like about this one, again, opening a pick em, The line is going to Virginia Tech. And that's notable, a pick to minus one and a half Vatech because you have almost three out of four bets on Notre Dame here. So this is kind of a classic reverse line move. Public all over the Irish, yet line going to Vatech. Uh, Ken Palm has Vatech winning by one. It's got him ranked 31 in the country versus 49 Notre Dame. Our buddy Greg Hoops has Vatech uh, winning by two and a half. They have the better defense, only getting up around 62 points a game. And I kind of like the idea, and maybe, Michael, you have a take on this. Like, when your back's against the wall, your season's almost over, and then you get that buzzer beater, I think some people would say, hey, they're tired. They played yesterday. But I think they can't wait to play today after you get a mm -hmm. win under your belt, whereas Notre Dame, Notre Dame has been hanging around waiting to play their first game. Yeah, and, and I think the fact that, you know, that Notre Dame, you know, lost to Wake Forest, they, they, excuse me, that, that Virginia Tech uh, beat them by five earlier in the season. So, you know, I think Virginia Tech's sitting there saying, look, we can do it. I mean, we can certainly beat them. And, you know, anytime you've beaten a team, like we said before, it, it, the more you play them, the more comfortable you feel. And obviously, you, I don't think rest is going to be a real problem. I think you're, 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 you're kind of invigorated based on the win. Yeah, I totally agree. You mentioned that 
They're only meeting this year, January 15th, Blacksburg and Virginia Tech. By the way, and Virginia Tech beat Notre Dame twice last year as well. So feel comfortable coming into this matchup. Yeah. I mean, look, if Notre Dame, Notre Dame's all about the three-point line. When they shoot good at their That's high it. percentage, I mean, you know, this could easily be a Notre Dame win. I mean, if you if you defend the three-point line as well as you can against Virginia against Notre Dame, you, you know, and you've got a chance. I mean, Wake's, Wake's you know, Wake's a D, uh, excuse me, uh, Virginia Tech's, uh, you know, not a very good three-point defense team. They give up 38%. So, you know, it plays right in the favor. Whereas, you know, Nor Notre Dame, they shoot almost 40% from the three-point line. That's going to be the game. You know, if, if you're right and you picked Virginia Tech to win, it's because Notre Dame didn't shoot well. You know, quietly, they're going to build a statue of Mike Bray there at South Bend. I mean, he's been there forever, won a ton of games at Notre Dame. He's done a hell of a job. Uh, but Indiana's yeah, – please, go ahead, Michael. No, I, I think he's been really good at being able to kind of go right – not win, not lose too much – and be respectable. I think Notre Dame f basketball wants to be respectable. That's right. And, and going to the ACC, I think he certainly has done that tremendously. Wow. Brooks just hit a huge three for Michigan to pull within two. 44 seconds to play Indiana. Steve Torrey is tripping out. My friend, he's, he's a huge Indiana guy. And he lives and dies with every bucket. So Michigan hit a three, called the timeout. 44 seconds to play there. Duke goes up two. Still plenty of time, 13.29 to play there. Josh, you saw that number move. So Duke open 11. That's a big jump all the way up to 15 with Buddy Beheim being out. Yeah, and obviously once the news of Beheim being out, which again, questionable, did he deserve the suspension? Did he not? You know, there's, that's a whole other debate here, guys. But to your point, Patrick, open Duke minus 11. The Beheim news comes out, gets all the way to minus 15. I even saw like a 15 and a half. So at one point you could say, hey, buy low here on, on uh, Syracuse. And again, they've been up in the game pretty much the whole time. Imagine if you're holding a money line ticket, though, guys, when Syracuse is up and now they lost the lead, but they're around plus 1,000 on the money line. You're hmm. still feeling good about the points. But uh, hopefully, you know, and you can also look at it the other way. Did you want a live line Duke when they were down? So to the madness is here, guys. I'm actually holding a Michigan money line ticket. Patrick, what is up with your Wolverines? Weren't we up like 15 at the half? What's going on? <laughs> don't. I'm out on Juwan, so don't be calling them my Wolverines. Um, let's get another play from you here. I'm looking at Mountain West tonight, Wyoming, UNLV, just as an aside, Wyoming laying a point and a half. Kind of many have them as that kind of last four, first four. Uh, but let's go uh, UMass and George Washington here, Josh. You got to play here. Massachusetts open two and a half. Most shops got them bet up to three here. Yeah, there's movement toward UMass here, Patrick, and this is kind of a different angle for me. I play a lot of sides when it comes to this tournament time. You lean on some unders, too, with neutral courts, but there's a new system that I'm testing out. If you look at all the games in the conference tournament time, I would say 95, 97% of them see the total drop. So there's money that hits the under and the line falls. There's a very, very small, if you go through the board, there's only a handful each day, maybe three or four, where the line actually rises. So that's really notable to me. That's almost like, you know, kind of like pure respected money here hitting that over. And it's kind of a fishy type situation. Yesterday, of the three games that went over, there are 41, uh, 38 of them got hit to the under. The three that rose, it was two and one to the over. So this is an overplay for me, guys. One of the few games on the board where you actually had some respected money hit the over. Total open 148 and a half. It's been up now to 149 and a half. Ken Palm has a total of 155. So that's a pretty good edge there pretty big uh, pretty big cushion you also look a short spread you know do you get a back and forth game maybe uh, hopefully you don't need overtime if you're going to sweat this over but also UMass one of the fastest paced teams uh, 69 almost 70 tempo George Washington's quick 269 as well and the other one guys that really caught my eye late night Fresno State San Diego State two of the slowest teams in terms of tempo but that total open 114 and a half it's up to 115 wow. and a half so that's kind of fishy I actually like the over there even though the public is hammering that under Great info, Josh. Uh, Syracuse and Duke are trading threes. This is insane. Butler's beating Providence. <laughs> Two, ten seconds to play. Indiana, Michigan there, Indianapolis. This is what it's all about. And we've got coverage. I mean, 24-hour coverage right here. VSIN, the Sports Betting Network. That's Josh Applebaum coming up later with Pritch, betting across America. Thank you, bro. Appreciate it. Thanks, Thanks guys. And most importantly, the 76ers are hosting the Nets. We're going to get to Michael's take and get a play next here. And Jadavion Clowney. You got to get them in. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Everyone, please welcome Coach John Calipari. We're getting beat by 18. My first game in Kentucky. They're saying Cal's a bust. He can't coach. This is crazy. 
John Wall runs down the floor and makes a buzzer beater. Yep. You remember that, John? That's my first game win I ever made. Remember you said you never seen me do that. Ladies and gentlemen, DeMarcus Boogie Cousins. I called Boogie. I'm like, yo, bro, I'm about to commit to Duke. And I hung up on him. <laughs> bro, I'm talking about, do you want to tell me how many times he called me all type of names? Bro, you really sold me out. You doing this. <laughs> <laughs> bro, I was sick. I remember that like yesterday, man. Love you, John Wall. Thanks, Coach. Love you, too. You made me everything I am today. Nah, you made me. You made me. I love it. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. It wasn't even supposed to be That's my game. <laughs> Ready to unlock a world of entertainment? Philips Roku TV has America's favorite TV streaming platform built in, so you can watch live TV, catch every game, discover must-see shows and hit movies, and get all the best streaming apps in one place, like iHeart, for all your favorite music, radio, and podcasts. Watch what you want, when you want. Immerse yourself in entertainment with premium 4K picture and sound for every budget, with sizes for every room. Find your perfect Philips Roku TV today, online or at your local Walmart and Sam's Club. Hey, this is John Ridley. And this is Matt Carey, documentary editor at Deadline. And welcome to Talk Talk. John, we've got a hard-hitting episode today. A lot of controversy well, maybe we should put the word controversy in quotes in the documentary field about the nominees for Best Documentary Feature. We're going to get into that with some amazing panelists. You get a shot, but the individuals behind every one of those images, they're complicated and they are human. This has been Doc Talk. Thank you. Great Thank conversation. You. Hey, Sarah, I love that spring break vlog you posted on Zigazoo. OMG, you watched it? Yeah, it was edited so well. I think you're so talented. Social media interactions are only positive when you use Zigazoo. Zigazoo is the world's largest and safest social media network for kids. Your kids can upload their content and see what their friends are up to. With Zigazoo, they can create videos, enter to win prizes, and try out the latest dances and trends. There's no commenting, no text messaging, and everything is 100% human-moderated. Plus, all community members are real, verified kids just like yours. There are no bots, trolls, or AI. Because Zigazoo is about one thing and one thing only, and that is fun. Try out Zigazoo this spring break and let your kids share your vacation vlogs and best edits with their friends safely. Download the Zigazoo app today. That's Z-I-G-A-Z-O-O. Listening to the Lombardi Line on VSEN, featuring former NFL executive Michael Lombardi. Now, once again, here's Patrick Maher. BetMGM, the king of sports books, unleashes the spirit of Las Vegas with BetMGM Rewards. Every time, it's kind of like a credit card. Every time you make a wager at BetMGM, you can earn reward points that can you can redeem online with bonuses, credits like free bets, risk-free tokens. Or if you're planning a trip here to Vegas, you can also convert your BetMGM points into MGM reward points that you can use toward dining shows and hotel rooms at over 20 MGM resorts property located on the Strip right here in Vegas and nationwide. BetMGM Rewards, sports betting's premier loyalty program featuring exclusive offers, including experiences and valuable perks when you wager on the BetMGM app. Sign up today, and if you do have an issue, you got to be 21 years or older. It's 1-800-GAMBLER. Okay, Michael Lombardi there. This is the Lombardi line. I'm looking up. So make sure you bet on Michigan in round one of the tournament because here's what Michigan likes to do. Win, loss, win, loss, win, loss, win, loss. Literally, remember, they got that crucial road victory to close out the year at Ohio State, which at the time they were last four in, Michael. So my assumption is that Michigan is in the dance, but they just lost as a three-point favorite to Indiana. Indiana 74-69 winner. And one more win, I think they're in. Because these are big time quad. This is a, a great. This is a very good league. A quad one win. This is an Indiana team that could find themselves with Woodson. Year one, find themselves in the dance if they get another win. I mean, Indiana's at what eighteen and twelve. I, I don't know if that you know. And, and, and Michigan's what seventeen and thirteen in the tour. I mean, they just beat them again. I mean, one thing about Indiana is is with Mike Woodson, they are the best defense in the conference. Yes. I mean, once again, I, I'm going to urge everybody when you're going through your poll, you know, take the team that that has proven to play good defense over the course of a lot of games, you know, uh, and I think ultimately that's the case. I mean, Michigan is has been consistently inconsistent. 
Yes. And, you know, where they are defensively, it allows other teams to come back. I mean, that's the perfect example of this game. They build the lead, right? They build the lead, and their defense can't keep the lead. And, and that's what happens. I think, that, what, are they ranked 12th in the league, 11th in the conference in defense? You know, their E field goal percentage is 12th. I mean, all their numbers, you know, all their numbers in, in two-point conversions, they give up over 55%, 53%. So that's how teams get back in games. I mean, you, to stay in front, you got to get still get stops. Indiana's going to move on. They're going to play Illinois tomorrow. If they beat Illinois, they're going to be in the dance. That is, they uh, should be. Yeah. I mean, I, I kept asking, you know, everybody has Michigan in automatically, but to me, I, I, I don't see, you know, maybe they're going to just bounce back and who knows, but to me, there's too much inconsistency in Michigan's team to, to really think that they're, they're one of the better teams oh, from the Big Ten. I, I, don't I mean, I think they're getting a favor on the, if they were, you know, I, I think if Iona played them, my gals, if they played them, they might beat them. Oh, you, you're taking that loss to heart. With your boy, with your. No, I'm just kidding. No, I know. know, Actually, I'm rooting for. Sienna. They're playing the Sienna's playing over here against uh, in Atlantic City. We got a big tournament going on over here. And we got a lot of action right now. Syracuse at the line, an opportunity to tie it up. They're down two with 8:46 to play. 69-67. Butler is beating Providence, so that's a 9-1 seed matchup. That keeps going back and forth. Hey, uh, let me ask you this. What will happen? What has happened more today? More hot dogs sold or more F-bombs by Coach K? Coach K's F-bombs. Although, I did see a lineup right behind me at the hot dog cart. I'm telling you, man, these the people best. these people are wild. The best. you got to go enjoy it. If, if not now, when, Patrick? That, I mean, that the is the question. Time. I don't know if it was Buddha or Michael Lombardi that came up with it. But if not now, certainly, when the hell are you going to get it done? Um Okay, there was something else I wanted to bring up to you quickly before we transitioned. Um, There's so many games going on. It's about as much fun as you can have. Okay, let's do this and get an honest pick from you. Brooklyn and Philadelphia. So we take a look. I mean, listen, this is about as interesting as it gets. Simmons isn't going to play. I thought he was going to stay back at home at Brooklyn. Maybe, uh, I don't know, go check out the Statue of Liberty. I think they probably drug him there. I think they made him come. You know, I I think they, you know, like if he would have stayed home, it would have looked a little squeamish, don't you think? Soft. To put it mildly. (laughs) Very, very soft. Uh, Your two betting favorites to come out of the East, the 76ers, as I mentioned at the top, plus 260. The Nets are three to one. That's theoretical. I mean, saying the Nets are three to one, like we can point to evidence that the 76ers are your betting favorite to come out of the East. It's, It's just theoretical to say the Nets are three to one. However, I digress. The uh, they beat the Hornets on Tuesday. Brooklyn Kyrie went nuts with 50. Philly uh, on Monday beat the Bulls and beat 43 and 12 in that matchup. They're five and zero yeah. with Embiid and Harden in the lineup together. Their offensive metrics are off the charts, and I actually think it's a little short. I again. Durant, maybe uh, you tell me. I think Durant's the best player in the league, but by, by far, yeah, I'm I, not sure he's 100 percent either. Though I think that's the at 80 percent, he's just as good as anybody. He's still in the by he's magnificent. So good. I mean, oh he's, god, he's so good. And and they have had Philly's number. Now they beat him. Philly beat him uh, right before the New Year. Uh, they beat him 110, 102. But prior to that, Phil, you know, Brooklyn's always seemed to had their number. That line, Philly was a, a five point favorite, and and they covered. And so. Uh, you know, they were able to do it. But again, you got to go back and what were they doing in that game? I mean, how were they doing it? You know, Philly was 13 for 32 from the three-point line in that game, which ultimately gave them and, – and Brooklyn couldn't score. They were only 7 for 27. They they didn't do what they typically did. But I, I think tonight this will be an electric crowd in Philadelphia. I, I think the atmosphere will be – I don't want to say it will be a playoff game, but I think both teams will play to the level – that I think they they want to like exert themselves. You know, Phillies had two days off. I think Brooklyn's you know had had the same. So I don't think it's going to be a game of where you're worried about the rest. I think ultimately it comes down to can Philly's defense play as continued as they played the last few weeks. I mean, they're ninth in points possession. They're sixth in e field goal possession. So I think ultimately that's what it's going to come down to. And then you know Philly's offense taking advantage of Brooklyn's defense and Brooklyn's defense for whoever's in the game, right? Is 24th in points possession. What what gets Philly in trouble. And this is what concerns you is their inability to control the rebounding board. Mm -hmm. 
and you can even close that window a little bit more. I was digging. So the Nets are 4-16, and 16, Michael, over their last 20. Obviously, injuries, and we understand. But their defensive rating, 118.4 over that span of 20, which is 28th in the NBA. And with Durant coming back, they've dipped to 130. So their defensively is really where the issue is. I think this is going to be an over. I understand 235 is a big total. But the efficiency from the 76ers offensively has just been awesome. And there's going to be juice. Remember, it's a Thursday night in the association, only two games. So everybody that isn't watching college hoops is going to be watching this net 76ers game. Right. And, you know, Philly, I think, plays the – I think Philly's got a game. You know, this is a stretch where, you know, if they're, they're, I don't think they're off the next week. I think they don't play again until Sunday. Yeah, they play the Magic, I think, on Sunday. But you're right. I, I think this is going to be one of those where both teams are rested, both teams are going to be excited to play, and both teams want to prove the trade works out in their advantage, even though Simmons isn't going to play. I mean, you'll get the best of Durant tonight. There's no, and you'll get the best of Kyrie. I mean, I think those are the two players that obviously, and, and Philly will play their best as well. It, you know what's interesting is if betting an under on the 76ers, and again, with them, it's, it, it's dubious just because you're going to be watching free throws being shot because their free yeah, throw, the, the their free throw rate free throw. Up, I mean, they're up, the number up. one free throw shooting team. And, and, you know, and how are they going to defend the big fella? You know, I mean, that's going to be the issue. But how is Philly? You know, Philly always used Durant, always used Simmons on Durant to get some height on him. And not that it stopped him by no means because Durant's so spectacular. But, you know, I, I think the, the spacing for Brooklyn is still problematic because they don't have all their shooters around. Yeah, and you just nailed it. Brooklyn's defensive inefficiencies, you know, we can you can argue what you're going to get from Simmons offensively, but defensively, he changes. He, he can switch. You can do so much with Simmons defensively. You saw that when he was there in Philadelphia. By the way, Maxie, when he's averaging since Harden's joined the 76ers, 23.5 points per and 60% shooting with Harden. So that is, I mean, he's just been awesome. And you can see what the kid did. The kid went this offseason and he spent time working on his jump shot. And he can shoot now. He's shooting three-pointers. He's made the huge jump in his three-point game to go along with his dribble penetration game. I mean, he gets to the rim as good as anybody in the league. And now that he's working away from Harden's side, where sometimes he brings the ball up, their pace of play has improved tremendously. I mean, I thought it was going to slow down when they got Harden. You know, I thought that they would have more difficulty in trying to score uh, because Harden likes to dribble the ball up, go slow. But they're 11th in the league in points possession, so they played better. Just a, qu uh, a quick bow on what we were discussing earlier in the hour. Did you know that Carson Wentz, so apparently he started catching wind that things weren't going well there in Indy. He called for a meeting with Jim Ursay, and Ursay declined. Didn't even want to talk to him. So... Obviously, some I mean, issues internally there with Carson. Yeah, Wentz. I mean, I give Jim Mercy credit for not talking to him. I mean, there's a there's a chain of command you have to go through. Like, if you got a problem with with the coach, go see the coach. Don't come crying to the owner. You maybe, know, maybe Ursay didn't want to talk to him because he didn't get the vaccine. Didn't want to be in the Potential. same room. Hey, there, we can that, zoom. We didn't even talk about that, but that you know, I mean, look. Yeah, well, that's fair enough. That cost him. I mean, he didn't practice that whole week, even though he tested positive, you know, and he was able to play, but he played poorly against the Raiders. Would you lay the four and a half with the 76ers tonight? You know, I think I might tonight. I think I Ooh, might. I think they'll play well. Somebody's in a good mood. All right, Michael, well, tomorrow, more basketball. We'll see you then, okay? But you know me and this. I'm never right on I that, know. so don't worry <laughs> about it. Odds on is next. This is Lombardi Line, v the Sports Betting Network.